Saint Anthony of the Desert by Saint Athanasius Continuing Chapter 16 His Devotion to God's Church The people all rejoiced to hear so great a man as Anthony anathematize the heresy which attacks Christ, and all the citizens ran together to see Anthony. Greeks, too, and even their so-called priests came to the church, saying, We ask to see the man of God, for so all called him. For there also the Lord through him cleansed many from demons and healed the mad. Many Greeks asked only to touch the old man, believing they should be helped. Naturally, in those few days, as many became Christians as else one would have seen in a year. Some thought that he was annoyed by the crowds, and therefore were keeping the people from him. But he, untroubled, answered, These are no more numerous than the demons with whom we wrestle in the hills. When he was leaving, and we were setting him on his way, a, man from, a woman from behind shouted, Wait, man of God, my daughter is grievously troubled with the devil. Wait, I beseech, lest I hurt myself running. The old man, hearing and being asked by us, waited willingly. When the woman drew near, the child was hurled to the ground. Anthony prayed and spoke the name of Christ, and the child rose up healed, the unclean spirit being gone out of her. The mother blessed God, and all gave thanks, and he too rejoiced, departing to the hill as to his own home. Chapter 17 The Gift of Understanding He was extremely prudent. The wonderful thing was that, not having learned letters, he was yet a quick-witted and clever man. Once two Greek philosophers came to him, thinking that they could experiment on Anthony. He was then in the outer hills, but understanding the men from their looks, he went out to them and said through an interpreter, Why, O philosophers, have you toiled all this way to a foolish man? And when they answered that he was not foolish but very wise, he said to them, If you have come to a fool, your labor is useless. But if you think me wise, then become as I, for we ought to imitate what is good. If I had gone to you, I would have imitated you. And as you have come to me, become as I, for I am a Christian. They departed in wonder, for they saw that even demons feared Anthony. Some others of the same kind met him again in the outer hills and thought to mock him because he had not learned letters. Anthony said to them, And what say you, which is first, the mind or letters? And which is the cause of which? the mind of letters, or letters of the mind. When they answered that the mind is first, and is the inventor of letters, Anthony said, Then to one whose mind is sound, letters are needless. This answer astounded both them and the listeners. They went away marveling to see such wisdom in a plain man. For he had not the rough character of one who is reared in the hills and grows old there, but he was both gracious and courteous, his speech was seasoned with the wisdom of God, so that none had ill will against him, but rather all rejoiced on his account who went to see him. Later some others came. They were of those who among the Greeks seemed to be wise. 
when they asked from him an account of our faith in Christ and tried to argue about the preaching of the cross of God and wished to scoff, Anthony waited for a little and first pitying them for their ignorance said through an interpreter who could render his words excellently, Which is nobler, to confess the cross or to attribute adulteries and impurities to those who among you are called gods? For to say what we say is a sign of manly courage, a proof of contempt of death. But yours is a yielding to lewdness. Next, which is better, to say that the word of God was not changed, but remaining the same, took to him a human body to save and help men, in order that sharing our human birth, he might make men sharers of the divine and spiritual nature? Or to liken the divine to senseless things, and for that cause to worship beasts and serpents and images of men. For these are the things worshipped by you who are wise. How do you dare to scoff at our saying that Christ has appeared as man, when you make the soul come from heaven, saying that it had strayed and fell from the vault of heaven into the body? And would that it were only into the body of man, and not shared with beasts and serpents. Our faith declares the coming of Christ to save men, but you talk amiss of the soul unbegotten. We believe the power of providence and his love of men, that this also is not impossible with God. But you, calling the soul an image of the spirit, impute falls to it and make fables of how it can be changed. So now, through the soul, you are making the spirit, too, a thing changeable. For as was the image, so needs must be that of which it is the image. And when you thus deem about the spirit, bear in mind that you are blaspheming also the father of the spirit. And touching the cross, which would you say is better? When plotted against by wicked men to endure the cross and not shrink from any manner of death whatever, or to tell tales of the wanderings of Osiris and Isis, and the plots of Tiffin, and the flight of Cronus, and swallowings of children and slayings of fathers. For this among you is wisdom. And if you mock at the cross, why do you not marvel at the resurrection? For those who tell of the one wrote the other too. Or why, when you remember the cross, do you say nothing of the dead who were raised, the blind who saw, the paralytics who were cured, the lepers made clean, the walking on the sea and the other signs and wonders which show Christ not as man, but as God? To me it seems that you are utterly unfair to yourselves, and that you have not honestly read our scriptures. But do you read them, and see that the things which Christ did prove him to be God dwelling with us, for men's salvation. But do you also tell us your own teachings? Though what could you say about brute things except brutishness and savagery? But if, as I hear, you wish to say that these things are spoken among you in figure, and you make the rape of Persephone an allegory of the earth, and Hephaestus lameness of the fire, and Hera of the air, and Apollo of the sun, and Artemis of the moon and Poseidon of the sea. Nonetheless, you are again worshipping that which is no god, 
and you are serving the creature instead of the God who created all. For you, have, if you have made up these tales because of the loveliness of the world, you are right to go as far as admiring it, but not to make gods of creatures, lest you give to things made the honor of the maker. In that case, it is time you should hand over the architect's honor to the house he has built, or the general's honor to the soldier. Now, what do you say to all this? That we may see if the cross has anything that deserves to be scoffed at. As they were quite at a loss, turning this way and that, Anthony smiled and said again through the interpreter, All this is clear, even at first sight. But since you lean rather on proofs and arguments, and because you have this art, you want us also not to worship God without reasoned proofs. Do you first tell me this? How comes sure knowing of things, and especially knowledge about God? Is it through reasoned proof, or through a faith which acts? And which is the earlier, the faith that acts, or proof by reasoning? When they answered that the faith that acts comes earlier, and that this is the sure knowledge, Anthony said, You say well, for that faith comes from the very build of the soul, but the art of logic from the skill of those who framed it. It follows that, to those who have an active belief, reasoned proofs are needless and probably useless. For what we know by faith, that you are trying to establish by argument. And often, you cannot even put in words what we know, so that the action of faith is better and surer than your sophist proofs. Now, we Christians hold not our secret in the wisdom of Greek reasonings, but in the power of a faith which is added to us by God through Jesus Christ. For proof that this is a true account, learn how, without learning letters, we believe in God, knowing from his works his providence over all things. And for our faith being a force which acts, look how we lean on the belief in Christ, whereas you lean on sophistical debates, and yet your monstrous idols are coming to naught, while our faith is spreading everywhere. And you, with your syllogisms and sophisms, do not draw any from Christianity to Hellenism. We, teaching faith in Christ, despoil your superstition, for all are learning that Christ is God and the Son of God. You, with all your beauty of speech, do not stop the teaching of Christ. But we, by naming Christ crucified, drive away all the demons whom you fear as gods. And where the sign of the cross comes, magic fails and poisons do not work. For tell me, where are now your oracles? Where the incantations of the Egyptians? Where the phantoms of magicians? When did all these cease and fail, but at the coming of the cross of Christ? And is it the cross, then, that deserves scorn? And not rather the things which by it have been made void and proved powerless.
This has been taken from St. Anthony of the Desert by St. Athanasius. Translated by Dom J. B. McLaughlin, OSB. This work is available through TAN Books and Publishers. For more information, call 1-800-437-5876 or go to their website at www.tanbooks.com. This work is in the public domain. This has been Christian Classics with Teresa Hofer. Listen every Monday through Friday at this time as Teresa continues her great readings and selections from classic Christian literature right here on the Ave Maria Radio Network. News and talk for Catholic and other Christians.